All right, we're rolling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hub City Music Society presents Sparkle City Sessions. Today we're stepping away from the music and going into the world of wrestling, where there's no holds barred, and we're here with Derek Vanderford, promoter and wrestler out of Union, South Carolina. How's it going? Uh, going good. I'm actually out of Buffalo. Ah, Buffalo, South that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Not too far from Union, but... Yeah, you do a lot of wrestling in Union, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to promote uh, Trans-South Wrestling in Union. Now there's a group called uh, called Pro Wrestling Union that actually started in Columbia, but uh, it's got Union okay. in the name, and uh, they've kind of taken over, but I'm I'm doing a lot with them. So. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the fabulous Moolah used to have a uh, wrestling... Uh, college out of columbia i think or, she did yeah. she did uh i visited moolah. visited the fabulous moolah did you? Uh, I like while name. she was there uh and an, another hall of fame lady wrestler lived with her there um may young yes yes and uh and also diamond lil uh now i don't know much about her but she uh, was uh she's a uh, little person she's still around and uh her real name is katie but she wrestled as diamond lil and the three of them uh, lived there together on their compound in Columbia on Moolah Drive down there, and uh, it was uh, you'd be a brave man to go down there uninvited. I'll I, tell bet, you. I bet, I bet, I bet. We now, have that same home policy. Now, Derek, Derek, tell us um, how you got started in the wrestling business. Now we know. Well, first of all, tell us, um, tell us uh, who you're promoting right now. Now I know you just got back in the ring here recently. Yeah, the, that that was a one and done, you know, one time thing. Uh, this guy that uh, I've been up and down the road with and run into a lot, Dion Johnson, uh, a popular wrestler in our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, we had some conflict here and there, and it's been ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. And finally, uh, it culminated. Well, they so the promoters probably think it culminated this past Saturday with a uh, a six man. The two guys that I've been managing, which are. Chase Emery, the mm-hmm. All-American Blue Chipper, 22 years old, wrestled for Gardner-Webb, amateur champion, uh, got a really bright future. Uh, he and uh, another guy, Antonio Morgan, who played for the Gamecocks a little bit, huge guy. Uh, the two of them and myself teamed up against Dion and uh, two partners that he that he found. Mm-hmm. So uh, Now, I saw some clips from that, and it seemed like uh, the people were taking some lumps there. Uh, nah, well... Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> right on. Uh, now, really the, physically involved. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. You got to be an athlete to do this sort of stuff. There ain't no joke. Uh-huh. There ain't no joke about it. For yeah, sure. it's, it was definitely different. Uh, like a lot of people, once they get into it and learn about it, they think it's – everybody always says it's different than they thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was under the impression before I ever did it that this was going to be something where you learn to do these tricks and yeah. learn to uh, how to do things without it hurting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've yet to learn that. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I tell you Yikes. what. So, so hey, before we get involved in in all this wrestling stuff, um, this um, this profession, I want to ask you a couple of uh, things. Like, how long's your family been in the area? My family yeah. has been in the area uh, longer than I can can date back. Okay. Uh, my grandparents and great grandparents. I mean, all in the upstate here. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, when do you, when did you um, when did you get into wrestling? Um, well, 
it depends on how you look at it. I mean, when I was probably 10, between 10 and 11 years old, I was the kid at ringside that was getting the robes or the jackets or whatever they came out with, and I would take them to the dressing room and hoping to get to go in the dressing room, and they'd meet me at the door and grab them and shut the door in my face. <laughs> you know, And uh, so I did that, and then... Uh, when I was 18, I started, uh, I did some ring announcing and, uh, actually got into promoting then. And then from there ended up managing. And then after that, wanted to go further, ended up training to wrestle and, uh, well, do, 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 you, do both and have gone back now to the managing part. Okay. Do you, do what did now you, do you remember your first match that you ever saw that I ever saw? Yeah. Uh, well, I went as a, uh, my dad took me uh, as a kid to Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium when they had wrestling there mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing guys like uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, uh, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant, uh, you know, of course, Ric Flair and yeah. Dusty Rhodes and people like that. And uh, so I can't I can't tell you the first match that I saw live. The best the best match I ever saw live. I was probably about nine years old at uh, Greenville Memorial Auditorium mm-hmm. and uh it was Rick Flair and Terry Funk in the main event and that was a that was a real big deal back then. So that was the one that kind of sparked your your willing your, yeah. your your will to be a wrestler. That entire or? show because and I think this is what I think about that show as a promoter a lot of times top to bottom that whole show was very very good. I mean the opening match was a guy who from he wasn't what he became then but he was Brian Pillman and he became a big deal but at this time he was young. And uh, him versus a guy named Wild Bill Irwin, uh-huh. and then then later in the night you had Sting versus the Great Muda, and then later you know at the end you had Ric Flair and Terry Funk, and then you had a surprise cage match with the Road Warriors. It just blew my mind, you oh, know. Yeah. And so it yeah, was, right. uh, you know, I think I think about that show every time I put together a show. I think about that one probably. Hmm. Well, that's a good one. You know, um, Sting's been around for quite a while. A lot of people don't <laughs> realize how long Sting's been oh, in yeah. the business. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, was probably I think when he wanted the four horsemen there for a little bit too. For a little bit. For a little yep, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just so they could put a hurting on him and kick him out. That's yep. right. <laughs> okay, so we just we just heard about the main event that sparked your interest. Now this this episode, I mean, we're this first season we're doing kind of like you know firsts, uh, first times you did this and that. Uh, right. Um, now your dad is Freddie Vanderford. Blue, right. blues harp heritage master sure um how did he influence your wrestling career well uh he was always a fan and i mean he grew up a fan i mean but he was always kind of like me as a kid i was always felt like i was involved more than just the fan like he was uh my grandfather was in the army right so they mm-hmm. traveled around they lived in mm-hmm. nashville a little bit when wrestling was big there well dad was friends with a kid named Joey Rossi. Okay. Well, his father was Lynn Rossi, who was a main event wrestler at that time in, in the Tennessee territories, right? So he would go with him, go in the dressing room, which is unheard of back then. Oh, yeah. You know, and so uh, he learned about a lot of the different things, and he dabbled in, in wrestling, you know, here and there for a little, you know, a little while. and uh, But – you know, hearing the things he would say, you know, I was I always had an interest in the behind the scenes part of it, of wrestling. So he um, he would tell me what he knew, and then I would meet people that he had met through wrestling and dig even deeper. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, now, okay, now you say you manage and you promote and you did wrestle. Right. 
Now, how long did you wrestle and when did you start doing that? Uh, probably around, I'm thinking what age I would have been. I guess in 2000, I managed uh, Raging Bull, uh, Manny Fernandez. Yes, the flying burrito. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, after managing him, I'd already been looking for a trainer. And I had in my head that I wanted a legit trainer. You know, if I'm going to do this, yeah. I want somebody that if I tell you who trained me, then you'll you'll know it was the real deal. So yeah. when I managed him, I was talking to him about it. One thing led to another. I ended up getting in the car with him and traveling for like seven years or something like that. Wow. You know, and pretty crazy, really crazy. He's a he's a wild man and a and a, and a crazy man and well, Manny stuff was, like that. But, Ma Manny was a big name, wasn't he? He was a he, big name for a while there. He was. He still is, I guess. Very, very good at what he does in the ring and, and as a teacher. What, now, did you ever meet Chief, uh, you know, Chief Wahoo McDaniels had a school around this area, too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I met him. He he passed away just as I was getting going, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the age I am, it didn't quite line up to where I would be on shows with him and stuff sure. like that. But I was around him, and uh, funny thing, I saw a lot of people do. Uh, Wahoo had a pretty big bald spot on the top of his head, mm -hmm. and he would take – uh, before every match, one of the other wrestlers would have to get this spray, this black uh, spray stuff, and cover up and spray <laughs> Wahoo's bald spot. So if he nice. got body slammed or something like that, he didn't want the bald spot to be glaring. Yeah, sure. so, so I saw many guys uh, spray Wahoo's head with that stuff, and that, that stuck with me. Okay. Well, now, well, First naked man I've ever been in the room with, Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, oh, when no. I was taking the jackets and stuff like that, and uh, <laughs> I saw Junkyard Dog in the dressing room uh, wanting, wanting to get in a fight with people and stuff like that, and Wahoo was calming him down. Right. Because that was the guy that could talk to him. He was the only guy in the room that could talk to him. Yeah. It didn't matter that he had just gotten out of the shower. And I'm 12. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, so pretty wild. Well, now, is Wahoo credited with um, coming up with the chop? You know how, like, um, the Ric Flair's, his chop is, is uh, yeah, a lot of people say, you know, his chop's the best chop. But Wahoo's chop was probably... Yeah, he originated it, right? Yeah, I don't know if he was the first one to do it, but he definitely made it his. He was definitely known for that, and Ric Flair uh, certainly got it for it. There's nobody. I mean, and Ric Flair said this on many interviews and stuff like that. But there's nobody he admired more when he got into wrestling than Wahoo. He wanted to be mm -hmm. like Wahoo. Wahoo and Dusty Rhodes is who he admired when he. That's who made him want to become a wrestler. So, because he said Wahoo was always very classy and wore the suits and was like a real athlete. You know, Wahoo played cards with Mickey Mantle and was hanging out with, uh -huh. you know, this person and that person. You know, Wahoo was the real deal. So, Yeah, that goes to show you about, you know, charisma and, 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 and uh, talent, man. Right. How, you know, when, they, when you get that perfect combination. That's right. It's, it's a magnet. It draws people to you and it makes them want to, you know, get involved and all that stuff. Hey, tell us about some of the people you manage now. Um, well, yeah, like I was telling you uh, before that, uh, Chase Emery is the person I manage more than anybody else. And when I say manage, I mean, there's other people that I help get bookings and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But Chase is one I've kind of taken an interest in. Uh, he's got a, a, a bright future. He's only 22 years old and he already has a knack for things that most people don't get right away. And it's hard for me to explain, like watching somebody, you could 
if you know enough, like you could say, oh, did you see how he put his foot right there or mm-hmm. how he put his knee just like this or how his thumb was hooked or opposed to under the wrist or over the wrist. I mean, little little things like that, you know, he's doing that. He's doing these things already. And, uh, and like I say, he was an amateur wrestler. Some guys who are real good amateur wrestlers, it's hard for them to transition. But some people, it's easy, you know, you just never know. But uh, he's got the cauliflower ear, tough kid, and mm. stuff like that, and uh, and uh, very respectful of the of re- pro wrestling history, and wants to learn as much as he can, and and uh, he's a fan favorite a lot of places. And then when I go and I walk him out to the ring and I talk with him, all of a sudden, the people think that he's not a good guy, and I take offense to that because just because you've got me with him and and kind of you know, talking for him or whatever, then all he's automatically not a good guy. They, I've had people ask why you're a good guy here, but you're a bad guy tonight. Well, what does that even mean? We're all good guys. Just because I, you know, look out for him and I'm pointing out opportunities or something like that. Yeah, you know? I can't nobody fault you for that. We're all good guys. You got to fight fire with fire, right? Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Hey, now, uh, how, how, I've known you've, you've mentored quite a few people coming through there, haven't sure, you? Sure, now, has Has anybody made it? on through to the other side per se well i mean a lot of people that came through trans south wrestling which was my promotion you know mm. my baby was trans south wrestling we ran that for about six years very every month at least you know sometimes more than that we ran uh had shows primarily in union but it was in gaffney and uh we did some stuff in charlotte and we did some stuff here and there you know and uh Besides a lot of the the legends that we had come through, Rock and Roll Express or Terry Funk, uh, who was my favorite, or uh, you know Ron Simmons, or you know, or some of the guys who were already on TV at the time, you know, came through there. Davy Richards, uh, you know, uh, different people like that. A lot of the people, like uh, Cedric Alexander, who's on Raw every week, he was there all the time. You know, he he had tons of matches at, at trans south right uh tessa blanchard the daughter of tully blanchard tully blanchard yes uh she ended up becoming the uh, impact first female world champion and uh but her first her first time on camera was in union south carolina and she was there a good bit yeah. you know and uh yeah there's more um uh for those youngsters out there who don't know who, who Tolly Blanchard is, he is one of the original four horsemen. Yeah. Uh, now he's a preacher or something like that. Isn't well, he? he's actually, uh, I mean, he, I don't know if he's a preacher. He does a lot of speaking uh, okay. at like, uh, he, I know he speaks at a lot of prisons and stuff like that. And he has spoken at churches and stuff like that. But he's also kind of back. Uh, Tully's pretty much back. Uh, he's on AEW which uh, comes on uh, TNT on Wednesday nights. Uh, Tully's a manager on there. Really? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. So he's back in the business. Yeah, yeah. And you never really get out of the business if you, it, you know, it gets in your blood, they say, or whatever, but it's, it's, it's true. Well, now, which one of it, which one, which of the Andersons didn't really like to be in it? Was Ollie or Arn? Well, it was probably Ollie. Uh, he, w- he liked to be in it. He just didn't. Like anybody else, and he he's a he's a curmudgeonly uh, old fella, and uh, nothing's good anymore, and no, nothing was good anymore, even when he was there. Besides him, you know, and he so he's he's a grumpy man, and uh, you know. But Arn is also on AEW too. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. So they've got Tully and Arn. They're not together on there, but they and they've even been on opposite sides or whatever. But uh, no way. But they're they're both on there uh, every week. Uh, Cody Rhodes, Dusty's son, has a lot mm-hmm. to do with AEW. He's one of the executive vice presidents, and it's funded by uh, Tony Khan, who's uh, the son of Shahid Khan that owns Jacksonville Jaguars, and so they've got a lot of resources so they they should do pretty well they have been doing pretty well so tell tell us uh what what you got going on now i mean what's happening now i mean who's who's um i mean you say these guys kind of goaded you back in the ring and you had to get in there and you know finish your honor i guess in some ways so I mean, tell us tell us how that all came about well i mean you you hit on it a little bit here early on but can you get into any more depth well the Hmm. The best way I know to put it is, you know, here's the thing. A guy like that I told you, I mentioned Deion Johnson's name. Yeah. All right. A guy like him who comes out and he's all he's worried about is slapping little children's hands and comes to the ring dancing and having a good time and all that. Well, that's, that's all well and good, but uh, it irritates me that he thinks that, you know, puts him at at some kind of high level, right? And so my guys and I uh, let him know in no uncertain terms that we were irritated. And maybe we did send a message or two or something like that, you know? And long story short, he didn't appreciate it. And uh, whatever, the promoter got involved and they wanted to punish us for this and that, yada, yada, whatever. Anyway, they ended up making a match they shouldn't have made. And, of course, I wasn't scared to take a match, even though I hadn't wrestled in years. And I got in there and uh, did what I had to do, and I'm sitting here right now, so you tell me yeah. who came out on the better end or whatnot. Well, sure. So, now, is, is, has it been squashed, or is it still ongoing? Well, that may be up to him. If he if he tucks his tail and doesn't co- never shows his face again, sure. Okay. Well, that, hey, that, you know, it's 100% or nothing. I mean, you know, I was... Good guys, bad guys, whatever. I'm not talking good guys and bad guys. I'm here to solve problems and get people over and get paid, right? There you go. That's you know that's what uh, the wrestling business is really about. So, so how so, you know is the wrestling problems. business doing pretty good in Union? Is it? it I mean, sure. It, I mean, it just started back with the uh, pandemic and everything. Right. You know, it uh, it anybody in any sort of live entertainment, as we all know, uh, had a hard time for the past. Year and a half got oh, yeah. hit hard, oh, yeah. hard. So, uh, so like uh, Trans South last show was the first weekend in March 2020, and uh, you know, there you go. So, and we did really well then. And yeah, Union, Union's a hot town for wrestling, and uh, they love it there. And um, like I say, with Trans South, we kind of built it up. We would do it every month, and we had. Uh, situations that people were keeping up with between the wrestlers and stuff like that and uh you know we would go like okay high school football is also huge in union right sure yeah or anywhere around here and so but dion whether i like it or not you know dion would go to these high school football games while the game was going on and we would, would just walk down the this is before he and i had huge problems we would walk uh down you know, through the stadium seats, and all the little kids would stop watching football and flock to Dion. 
and in a place like Union, when the Union Yellow Jackets are playing, and all the little kids turn around and flock to one part of the stadium where Deion Johnson is, then pretty popular. You he, know? He's got something. He's right. got something. Right. Now, uh, now I know that the Road Warriors used to used to um, cross uh, cross um, cross the uh, like they would do in one one region and then another region. Uh, do you guys have that? Do you have people from other regions coming to Transatlantic? Or is, is Tra- Transatlantic? Well, well Transouth. Yeah, but, Transouth. But uh, like I say, now, you know, Transouth, you know, it's pro wrestling union is mainly what's going on now. Okay. But, yeah, always. Uh, that's the key to keeping it. Uh, keeping it fresh. Yeah, keeping it fresh. Like uh, this past Saturday at pro wrestling union, uh, the tag team, uh, these two guys, uh, Elliot and Sigmund, um, Elliot Russell and Matt Sigmund, uh, they're known as the Heat Seekers. Well, they tour Japan all the time. Okay. They're all over the country. I mean, they're probably the best unsigned tag team that there is. Well, they were right there in Union. You know, like a lot of these independent shows that you see, if if it's a good one, you're going to see some things that, you know, would cost you a lot of money mm-hmm. to see somewhere else where you get a good ticket price there. The same as, like I said, any entertain all entertainment has and there's similarities with all types of entertainment right so like you know if, the heat seekers uh if you see this tag team that would be like seeing uh towns van zandt at the old quarter you didn't it didn't cost very much i bet wow. to go see him but you knew you saw something oh yeah you remember right? it so that's what I'm saying. Well, now, are they any high flyers in in, in Union? Oh wow! Oh, tons of high flyers. You got guys that are. I mean, well, yeah. when I say high flyers, I mean like guys that, that get up on the top turnbuckle and do real, real, uh, yeah. real um, the da- gymnastic, dangerous, yeah, gymnastics dang- type stuff. Yeah, very the, dangerous moves. Very, very dangerous. dangerous. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this guy, uh, I'll never forget as a promoter uh, in Union, uh, this guy Peter Casa, who. Uh, is looks like the incredible hulk i mean he's built <laughs> like you wouldn't believe in uh he doesn't look like somebody that's going to be doing that and this guy would be doing 630 flips off the top rope and all this stuff on other people and one night in union he did it outside the ring caught his heel on the uh guardrail there mm. and we had to ride with him in the ambulance up up here to spartanburg and uh you know, like you said, it's high risk. It is. They, they call them high risk maneuvers. Always have, and that's that's what it means. So yeah, them high flyers have a high high risk of getting hurt hurt for sure. Uh, now your guy your guy's a technician though. Your young gun. He's a. You said he was like a wrestling guy out of high school, right? Sure, so, and college wrestler. So he's and, um, he's a technician then. He, he's he's, a, he's certainly a technician. And then another guy I've been uh, managing the anomaly Antonio Morgan. He's he probably goes 270, something like that, and uh, it's all solid muscle. He's uh, uh, he, And so he would be a power guy. You know, we got a power guy. Mm-hmm. I don't really manage anybody at the moment that's a, that's a high flyer and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff because that tends to be those guys who, you know, uh, kiss hands and slap babies or whatever, but, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, they're out there. We like to shut them down, but they're out there. <laughs> That's right. So uh, now to tell me about the shade shirt. Now I noticed that you were coming out to the ring with a shade shirt on. Now for people who don't know, the shades is your father's blues band. Uh, right. And I remember seeing them back in the early 90s. 
uh, at Dog Ons, a bar that was here in Spartanburg. Uh, tell me what the what the deal is with you wearing that shirt out there. Well, uh, I guess uh, I was getting in the ring, and that was kind of a throwback because I hadn't been in the ring in years. Oh, okay. And uh, I'm I'm th- I, that whole day I was sort of. Uh, uh, nostalgic and throwback minded and well, uh, homage to your father too sure uh, he was there yeah he was there and uh, I happened I had many shades t-shirts uh, along the way happened to have one that I used to work out in all the time with the right. sleeves cut out right yeah, yeah and I'm saying you know it might be wise for me and for everybody's benefit to wear a shirt tonight because uh, normally you wouldn't but if you're like me and uh, you're not big on tanning beds, and you hadn't been big on the gym here lately, and you just want to get in there and show them what you can do without worrying about uh, how pretty anybody thinks you look, even though I look fabulous. But uh, <laughs> that's when right. you're not worried about it, uh, I just figured let's let's put a, if I'm gonna put a jersey on, uh, let's put the shades up. But you know, and I think about dad, and, and I think about. Great. Think about Ray Brewington and uh, Alan Heverin. Alan Heverin, yeah. uh, Chris Brawley, uh, Todd Scarborough. Uh, yep. Um, Todd actually plays in my band that I've got right now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I saw Alan Heverin not too long ago. All these people that he just mentioned are musicians here in Spartanburg or were musicians here in Spartanburg. Right. Uh, now, I just want to touch on your dad's. Um, I don't want to really, uh, you know, your dad's going to be in here for for a podcast here soon so i was kind uh-huh. of saving most of those questions i was going to ask you about uh, i'm going to say for him you uh-huh. know pertaining to him right uh but now your dad he never got in the ring he was more of a promoter right or, uh, or a manager he was a manager yeah, yeah a manager. i think he may have gotten in the ring a little bit at, at you know training wise okay but never in a, an official match i don't believe. well i guess but. if you're going to be near the ring and you're managing, there, there, anything could happen. A wrestler could get mad at you and come over. You need to know how you defend yourself against them. So. Sure, sure. So, yeah. And, um, Who did he manage? He, I mean, and he was just, he just did it a short time, but he managed some good, uh, actually, uh, a female wrestler that was the best, I mean, probably the highest profile person he managed uh, was a female wrestler by the name of Donna Christianello. She's no longer with us, but she was, you know, very well respected. And uh, another guy, uh, Man Mountain Link, Rick Link, uh, he's a he's a heck of a guy. He actually, uh, he was one of the guys that Andy Kaufman brought in in Memphis to take on Jerry Lawler. Oh, really? And beat Jerry Lawler for his belt while managed by Andy Kaufman. Uh, and he's from North Carolina and, you know, dad managed him a good bit and we still, uh, we're still in contact with him here and there. And he's a, that's a, he's quite a character. You oh, know? I bet all the, I bet all them Nashville dudes are kind of, you know, I mean, Jerry Lauder, he just, he just seems like he's, I mean, he seems like a super good guy, but uh, you, you right. know, he might have that, you get him in the right frame of mind, he might put you in some kind of arm lock. And well, that's, that's any, that's. <laughs> It doesn't matter what area it is, you know. That's, right. You know, you could get that anywhere. Yeah, you know? those guys from Minnesota are like oh, that, from Vern yeah. Gagne, or the guys all from Texas and different parts of Texas. It was so huge then, which is like Manny, the guy I trained with. So, like, there's different styles of how you apply things and do things. And you could, some, especially in one time period, you could watch how somebody applied something and you might be able to tell where he trained. Oh, just yeah. from just from that oh you're from texas because sure. you did it that way you know stuff like that so that's not as big anymore because it's 
different now. You know, there's no territories anymore. But, uh, you know, at that time, anybody who's listening who may not know, at that time, the, the biggest names in wrestling, wherever you were, they had territories. Yeah. So all you saw on television in Spartanburg was Mid-Atlantic. Well, they had, and that went, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic area, but they had their own stuff in Florida, Texas, St. Louis, you know, California, everywhere had their territories. And then the world champion, whoever was that, went to all the All the territories and fought for the championship, yeah. Right. So that, that's how the Road Warriors got their fame, by doing all that. They never signed with one territory, right? Kind oh, no, they did. Yeah, they, they did were – they mid Atlantic, uh, mid Atlantic, but they were NWA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were never. They were yeah. They probably did travel because they were such a um, attraction. Yeah, they were popular. The, kind of like Andre the Giant. You know what I mean? That when you're that big of, a, of an attraction, then you know you one can, territory will kind of kind of loan you out to sure. other places. You know so. Yeah, Andre, uh, good Lord, he, he was with everybody there at one point in time, wasn't he? Right. That's somebody I wish I, I could have met. That's, I've met most everybody I wanted to. That's one person, you know, the timing didn't work out, that I, I would love to have been around Andre the Giant. I think Andre was in declining health when you probably got yeah. involved. And yeah. Have you, has, he's got a daughter now that looks almost just like him. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if she's... Good or bad she, no, well, I, it depends I on who you're asking, I, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know if she's tall as he is. I don't know if she got Surely that gene. Yeah, I don't think so. But we would know about her if she was. That's right. She'd be she'd be a phenom like him. True. And she probably is in her own right. True. Uh, you know, we really enjoyed having you here today, man. I got a couple more questions for you, and then I, I think we're going to probably let you get on out of here. You know, you know, in typical fashion, we would usually have our guests play like four songs, but I guess to fit the format, will you do four? Holds on, no. Mark. No, 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 Absolutely. No. Hold on. Let me get this. Let me get my wrist tape on. All right. Here. All right. You're, you're, you guys aren't going to see this. But uh, we're we're, we're going to have a good. Time. We're, we're going to we're going to pass on that. I think. Um, oh. Uh, but uh, never mind. Yeah. But I want to uh, here instead of the four songs, four most memorable um, events that happened to you in wrestling. Yeah. That's cool. Mm, okay. Uh, one I can think of right off the bat was uh managing against dusty Rhodes, huh. really and okay. uh, i was managing david flair who was rick flair's son sure okay. and uh he's a, a close friend of mine i talked to him uh the other night and uh but we used to travel together and you know go to all these things together take bookings as a package and stuff like mm-hmm. that and uh and so he had a match in knoxville against dusty Rhodes, and i managed david and by the end of the match, uh, I had gotten it. Well, first of all, I'm going back and forth on the microphone. Dusty Rhodes, who's the best talker to ever live. But yeah, uh, I'll agree on had, that. Had sure. a microphone, and I had one at 21 years old or 22, whatever I was. And uh, we're go- I'm going back and forth with Dusty, and I feel like I'm six years old in my living room. I mean, this is the best <laughs> thing to me. And then by the end of the match, Dusty pulls me in the ring. I mean, it didn't feel good at the time, but it also did. Mm-hmm. He shoots me into the ropes, gives me a big back elbow, pulls me back up, gives me the one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Winds it up, gives me that big bionic elbow, flip, flop, and fly. I go sailing. Yeah. And uh, I was, that, that was amazing to me. And just, 
everything I got from being around him. The original people's elbow. Oh yes, sir. No, no question about it. And and the rock will tell you the same thing. I bet they said it. You know that Dusty Rhodes is where he got. You know, uh, that's a hell of a memory right there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, did you say the the best or what did you say? Just the, the four, four most memorable. Most memorable. Well, I mean, I can touch on a couple that we maybe could talk about later. Like right, like I could tell you about the time Manny and I went to uh, Chavo Guerrero's house in Bandera, Texas. Yeah, and uh, they ended up getting in a fight and uh the, this was at four o'clock in the morning and the police were there and there were guns all around and it was just insane well that was pretty doggone memorable that's some bandito stuff and right there. uh i've said i, <laughs> I said we're house. a pretty good we're a pretty good ways from buffalo right now <laughs> you know and uh that was something else made me rethink a lot well, of things let's let's let's, uh, let's stick to ma- when we have you back we'll start talking about stuff like let's stick to matches matches okay i got to i got to be in a tag team once and my partner was beautiful bobby eaton of the midnight Sweet. express yeah i remember those and guys. uh that was amazing that guy is probably one of the most under not probably he's definitely one of the most poss- possibly the most underrated wrestler uh out there he is so good and so smooth and so smart with what he does when you know knowing when to do this and when to pull back and when to very careful with everything he does you now, know now wouldn't and, those guys high flyers too or a little bit a, a little bit a little bit you know and he's such a humble guy like before the match, we're talking about what we're going to do out there and all that. And he's saying, well, you know, I'm not trying to say, you know, I know anything or anything. I just got a suggestion or whatever. I'm like, man, we're going to do whatever it is you suggest. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, so, you know, that was, you know. Their rivals were uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Yes, sir. The, uh, those guys are my buddies, uh, too. They're they're a, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, there's pictures on my Facebook. I can bring some pictures next time. and show, I mean, they you know, these guys are full of hijinks, even at their age now. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. uh, Hilarious. Some hilarious feelings. And I've got several memories. You know, uh, one time I managed, as a young guy, before I knew him as well as I do now, against Ricky Morton of Rock and Roll Express, ended up throwing a fireball in his face and setting his face on fire. I remember when they used to do that. Yeah. They don't do that too much yeah, anymore, do they? it can be dangerous. And yeah. he got a little upset with me because I singed a little bit of that mullet he's got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was it was pretty serious yeah i shouldn't you know? laugh it is serious it business. was yeah it was and uh his son carrie was about three years old on the front row and he i mean oh. i couldn't even get near him after that because he was irate and he's now 20 or 20 something and uh and wrestling himself really and doing pretty well well that's cool doing that's... pretty well all right, so that's that's uh, three. That's three memories. You got one more for us? Um, here's one I've I've never told uh, many people. Uh, All right, this man. is an exclusive. Exclusive, yeah. yeah. We, on a we on like a, exclusives. on a smaller show, this is something you can ask about. Okay. On a smaller show, my dad was there. It wasn't my show. It was another somebody else's uh, promotion. But my dad came there. And he opened the show uh, by playing the national anthem on the harp. Cool. Right? Well, I came out uh, and interrupted him and ended up hitting him with a chair. (laughs) My father. 
Now, was that 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 was spur of the moment, or it felt like it to me? And okay. and and I tell you what, there's when you hear that chair, when you hit somebody with it, is it, how in the world is there a magic trick to that? There's not. Oh no, that it, <laughs> yeah, that's you know all these all the implements they used to. Who who was it that had the um, oh. Was it Abdullah the Butcher? Had some Ooh, ki- Abdullah the Butcher. He had some kind of implement he'd always keep in his trunks. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, a lot of times he would stick a fork in people. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Some of these, like George the Animal Steel and all these guys. Oh, man. yeah. Wouldn't yeah. he take a top turnbuckle off and, and eat run? it? He would eat it. Yeah, that's right. He would. He, would. he <laughs> ate it. Yes. And it would, you know, foam would be everywhere and he's eating it you know biting into it yeah. well now so your dad obviously forgave you for hitting him with a chair but yeah uh, yeah um you know who knows what was going on at that time you know uh, and stuff like that but i you know i i was probably who knows what i was thinking about back might, there you but might it, have been hanging out with the wrong crowd back then or something then filled I, your head with i some have kind been, of... i have been known to do that <laughs> and uh and uh and and yeah, it just felt like the right time, and I said, you know, forget it. I'm just going to go in there and do it, and I did it. And um, that's pretty crazy. Dad. Pe- people didn't appreciate it, but you know, I was you know I was young. I was young then. So. We all make mistakes, right? Well, you know, sometimes maybe he knew what I maybe he figured out what I meant. You know, I don't know. <laughs> that's right. Hey, sometimes you know, sometimes you just got to do it, right? I guess you got to let them know every now and then. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been here with Derek Vanderford, um, Hub City Music Society. Uh, Yusuf, our co-host here, you got any, you got any questions for him? No, I was, just, I was just enjoying listening to him talk about his history and wrestling. Well, we want to have you I'm back. Really, you know, okay. I'd love to come back. I, I feel like I'm just getting cranked up. Yeah, you know? yeah, got to have you come back. Well, Tell when, some more stories. When on. you come back, you got to bring one of your um, stable stable uh, guys back with you. Sure, and, uh, sure. We'll we'll talk to him about his past. I feel like every time if I come back here, as much as I come back here, the more dangerous it's going to get. That's, that's what the I, best that's part, what I feel right? like. Well, you know, we we can handle it up to a certain point, but let's 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 yeah, let's well, just take and see maybe, what happens. Maybe some well, of us are a fan of danger. Let me gauge where that Perhaps. point is. No, I'm just kidding. You gauge where the point is. You gauge. Well, you no, gauge. I tell you what. I tell you what. Look, we're not we don't try to stifle anybody's creativity around here or their opinions or their views unless it's too crazy and you don't, know Don't let Todd Scarborough get on here. Anyway. Oh no, ahead. no, you're right about that. Uh but no, we would love to have you back with one of your stable partners and uh man, let's do it real soon. I'd love to. Lady. I'd love to. We're we're in the bullpen kicking and snorting and scratching ready to pop out anytime well we want to come uh eventually when we start doing live streamings we're going to come and try to live stream one of your uh shows out there in union oh that'd be great that'd be, be great well we'll do it live you'd be like a remote act you know a remote live cast or sure something. sure so we would be honored to do that actually yeah uh, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Derek Vanderford, and we've had a great conversation with him. We're going to have him back with one of his wrestlers. Uh, we're here at the Hub City Music Society headquarters at the Sparkle City Sessions, sponsored by Pinnacle Custom Constructions here in downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'll see you later. Heck yeah, we'll see you. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to our sizzling podcast, Sparkle City Sessions, brought to you by... Hub City Music Society and Pinnacle Custom Constructions from downtown Spartanburg, South Carolina. This is Rocco and Yusuf saying goodbye. See ya.